welcome to Conversations with Anne. I am so excited to be on today. How have you guys been? How's your week been? My week has been okay. It's been a little crazy because of work, but the good thing is that work is starting to settle down. So it's been like pretty crazy, but also pretty chilled. So it's a it's been a balance of both. Other than that, it's been an okay week. I hope you guys have had a good week. I'm pretty excited about today's episode. Um, when I was coming up with conversations with Anne, I actually wrote down a list of people that I'd want to talk to. And I had the chance to actually talk to one of the people who I'd listed down a while back. This is part of the creator series that I talked about earlier. And the creator series is basically going to be about talking to creators, different creators in Kenya, getting to know about their creative journeys and also getting their feedback on just how they think the Kenyan creative scene has changed, what do, what do they think, how what do they think about it, um, where do they think it's going, while also getting to know more about their creative journeys, like how did they get started, how do they keep themselves going, what challenges have they faced. And I'm very excited about that because as a creative, I've really realized that Ken- the Kenyan creative scene is actually really growing. And I'm really happy about that because back then, you could you didn't have you didn't really think that you'd be anything outside the normal or rather the the set standards like the set career type so it was either you'd be a doctor a lawyer or something like that but no one really took you seriously if you said i want to be a musician or i want to be an artist i want to be a photographer but i really love what's happening right now that someone can actually stand and say i'm a youtuber i'm an influencer i'm an instagram influencer i'm a videographer and i love the fact that we're starting to embrace that and although some 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 people may still take time but we're getting there i really like that we're getting there and i hope that at one point we'll actually be able to thrive as an industry i remember hearing this at i, I think on radio i think it was on capital where they interviewed a team i can't seem to remember i can't remember what team it was but the person said that the creative industry is a million dollar industry in this country so can you just imagine when we get to a point where we can actually begin thriving off and i like the fact that so far the the pace setters are have even though they went through a lot of challenges you can actually begin to see that they're reaping the fruits of it so it's definitely a future a bright future ahead and i just can't wait to see what's going to happen so back to the person that i have on this episode today's episode is pretty exciting because i have one of my one of my friends who i really think is a pretty cool person you know one of those people who you just look at and you're like she is just cool she exudes coolness yeah but also deep other than her exuding coolness the stuff she does is amazing she's a spoken word artist she's a model she's also i'd like to call her an instagram influencer because she's pretty active on instagram and she has a great following one that engages with her and also she's just an all-round nice person you know you know one of those genuine people who you just love interacting with that's who nicole is i had the chance to speak to her today and get to know more about her creative journey how she started her spoken word how she started modeling is it something that she wanted to do 
how she keeps how she keeps at it like what she thinks about the kenyan creative scene as of as it is now and compared to when it was then we also got to talk about a couple of more things which i'm excited for you to listen to and yeah let's get right into it hi nicole hi how are you i'm all right how are you i am good welcome to conversations with n i am so excited to have you on <laughs> be on yeah you know what's crazy is that when i started conversations with n i had like a mm. list of guests that i wanted to feature at some point and you're one of the people i was like okay Nicole is definitely someone I want to have like a conversation with but I wasn't even sure what direction I was going to take. But yay, now you're here. Uh, so it's happening. Ah, uh, conversations with N and N. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> yeah. <That was> weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's definitely get right into it. Um, we're going to play a little mm-hmm. game first called the assumptions oh, game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just want you to tell me like five assumptions people have made about you, and with every mm. assumption, you give the truth. So, for mm. example, it could be that people assume that you like bananas, and you're like, mm, no, I actually don't like bananas. I like That's a weird example but yes I like melons. It is. Because, yeah. <laughs> like who's just someone and wondering what kind of fruit they're into. But okay. Like that. They're just thinking <laughs> what kind of fruit does she like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know if I can come up with five. Mm-hmm. Um but I have one in mind. Yeah. Yeah. So um one of the impressions that people have of me the most that I've heard that at least I've been told yeah. is that I look like a snob. Mhm. But it's mainly because I don't walk around with like a smile on my face because then people go like, "Ah, she looks like a creepy person." <laughs> Why she's so <laughs> So yeah, so like I'm usually just It's just my face. I will probably I'm probably thinking about like donuts or chicken or dogs or something but someone is like, "Eh, she's so pissed okay. off." <laughs> so yeah, that's a main one. Of- <laughs> that's a main one I've heard. Um, okay. Second, this was mainly in uni. Um when you know when you're meeting new people and whatever and then everyone is trying to guess um what everyone else is majoring in and stuff. So people yeah. would always ask that I was doing something with regards to like journalism or mm. yeah well i guess for uni if you think about it well ne- well the nairobi campus was basically mm. communication so i can yeah. think people would think that because almost everyone was But doing communication a face thing because Yeah, but like the the cuz the main guesses was either you're doing communications or you're doing um community development mm. or psychology was like the last one. But for enough to like I don't know 20 per class so. Ah, well, technically you do have that vibe, like the communications vibe. I don't know, this is mm. something. Yeah, you just ha- you just give off that vibe. 
like you'd be majoring yeah. in like film or something like that oh okay yeah <laughs> three more to go i'm not going to let you go yeah you just have to give me three, well, uh, three. <laughs> um okay i think this one is pretty random um i have a baby sister mm-hmm. and then uh most of the time when i'm in a space where no one knows me the automatic yeah. assumption is that she's my daughter so because i've gotten tired of correcting people will just be like yeah yep that's my child <laughs> <laughs> i can totally relate to that because i have a baby brother and a baby sister but like now the baby brother is like the youngest so every time i'm yeah. actually usually afraid that when i walk around with him people will think he's my son and i'm like <laughs> in fact i've even just given up because there's a time i walked into an uber okay well did I, you don't walk into an uber i got into an uber gosh <laughs> I got in, yeah i got into an uber and the guy just looked at me and i was like yep he's pretty much made the assumption that this is my son because I was carrying a baby bag and I'm going to a hospital <laughs> so yes young mom take child to hospital take <laughs> it's fine though. at this point I've just accepted it yeah we just have to now what can we do <laughs> especially with young moms so but there's nothing wrong yeah. with being a mom true true two more to go Oh, one. Me too. You've given me your face assumption. <laughs> your face. Yes. <laughs> okay. Both are face assumptions. Then you've given me the daughter assumption. So, two more to go. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to play it back on you because mm-hmm. we know each other. Yeah. So you just gave me what assumption you had of me for the last two. Bam, a loophole. Oh. Why? No, this is not it's not supposed <laughs> to. <laughs> I've just taken over your whole show. <laughs> no. Okay, okay, let's see. Um hmm. To be honest, I don't think I ever had an assumption about you. Like I I don't think I ever had one. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I feel like that's an easy way out, but okay. Okay, maybe. Mm. <laughs> There you go. Try. I'm trying to think. I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, did I ever think that you were snobbish? No. Um, I did think that you were serious because you have that like serious vibe going on. Until I got to know you, I was like, oh my goodness, she's fucking <laughs> like way far. <laughs> Wow. I mean that in a good way cuz you're very punny which is yeah funny and punny. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, I didn't know that you like I don't even know how to put it. You like someone would think you're like super serious and you don't um you don't take things you take things very seriously and stuff which you do oh. sometimes. But majority of the time you like throw in some random pun and everyone is just like what no Nico but it's interesting thank you <laughs> cuz you like lighten the mood so 
that's the assumption I had of you. Mm, okay. Last so one. <laughs> no, 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 no. You have to give. <laughs> um. Hmm. Uh. I don't know. You know the thing is, by the time someone tells you, mm. it's. Huh. I'm trying to think of like a recent one. Uh, oh, there's always the assumption that I'm much younger than what I actually am. Mm. Which can yeah. be a good or bad thing. Yeah, it depends on like what situation you're in. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I, I'm not going to ask you how old you are. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> Never ask a woman. <laughs> I actually don't subscribe to that. Personally, I'm definitely okay with like telling people how old I am because I'm like, it's my age. It's not going to change. So it will. You it will hit you maybe. now when you get to a certain point right now. You're like, mm. yeah, maybe when I'm like 40, I'll be like, mm, I'm 20. <laughs> stop. You're gonna stop counting. <laughs> Plus five, but minus three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yay so assumptions game done um thank mm-hmm. you so much for giving me three assumptions next time which i hope will, there'll be I've a next given time. four it will be like 10 oh yeah wait you have given me two, four yeah you're off the hook <laughs> so that was good mm-hmm. yeah so nico very mm-hmm. active on social media, like extreme. I think you're like one of the few people I know who's extremely active on social media. You're also yeah, okay, and you're also a spoken word poet, right? Mm-hmm. But you're yeah. also uh, are you are you a psychologist or a psychologist too in the making? Um, <laughs> depends on where you're asking. Mm-hmm. But um, okay, let's leave it at uh, <laughs> where do we leave it at? Well, you did yeah, study guess, psychology, so yeah, technically, you yeah. are by degree and by yeah, so then you are a psychologist, yeah, <laughs> so own it. So, yes, <laughs> no, I was because there's there always needs to be like um. Uh, specialization mm-hmm. yeah and I haven't specialized yet so I normally uh, just leave it at yeah I studied psychology yeah <laughs> so we have Nicole who studied psychology <laughs> Which, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I wanted to talk to you about um, social media Let, let's begin talking about it especially because you mm-hmm. I noticed that you're very, very active. Mm. Would you mind being honest about like how much time you spend on it? Especially Instagram. I think more Instagram, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's the only one where I'm overly um active on. If you leave out WhatsApp. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know. There's just so much content to consume. Mm-hmm. It's it's a bit of um. If you're not careful, you could find yourself like spending 
half of your day because you know those those small 10 minutes like the 10 yeah. minutes in the morning when you wake up when you're yeah. on the bus during your break like at the end of the day you'd find that you spent like three hours on social media like, what so, the heck? But, yeah <laughs> um mm-hmm. i don't know i don't have a specific uh time frame of how much i spend yeah. on it um but it's either in terms of consumption or if i'm putting out content, content. okay yeah. so on both ends being the person putting out the content but also being the consumer do you ever have like moments where you're like i don't really want to be on social media or have you like had moment like social media fatigue before or is your relationship with social media just in a healthy place where you respect it but it also respects you mm, um i think it has it has moments again mm-hmm. um at times because my content is um excuse me it's um intentional yeah so the stuff i put out it's like for example apart from the every now and then random short or random selfie or random um post i have celebrating a friend or something of the sort mm-hmm. most of it is very intentional there'll be a shoot there'll be a thing behind it there's like a concept a concept behind it and stuff ish and then um <laughs> <laughs> no one can loop this back yeah? yeah um yeah so in terms of that sometimes it can be frustrating because you 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 become very aware of you start playing the numbers game mm. so yeah there's a lot of looking at stats and you're like okay i wonder why this post did better than this other one or um what's working for someone else or how do when you're trying to reach like a specific target audience and stuff like that so in terms of putting out the content that's the bit that can get a bit um frustrating but then again there's the other side of it where it's just it's just really fun to be able to think something up and then bring it to life and then share it to the people and i think my favorite part is sometimes just um receiving uh, feedback mhm <laughs> yeah especially when it's positive and then even when it's negative when it's put in like um in a constructive way and in a yeah. polite way because you always have those one or two trolls who go like mm. but um luckily for me that's that's rare that's rare <laughs> okay okay yeah. so two things i caught is a be intentional but also have fun um mm-hmm. so what advice do you have for someone who wants to take who wants to do both so you want to build a brand but you also yeah. want to have fun and mm-hmm. There are two sides of it. You can be so focused on building the brand that you actually forget to have like a fun relationship with social media, which yeah. I know that's happened. It's actually happened to me. Or mm-hmm. you can have too much fun and it ends up messing your brand in total. Mm. So how do you like bring harmony between the two? Um, I think first of all, you have to figure out exactly what your brand is. Yeah. and then in that way you automatically have aspects of both being intentional and also having fun because if you're too focused on something that is unattainable for you and your personality and um the goals that you have in mind 
then of course it's going to turn into something that's more of a it's going to be more stressful than it needs to be so yeah. i guess yeah. my advice would be find something that you actually genuinely enjoy so that even when you're being intentional um mm-hmm. you're still enjoying what you're doing and because it matters so much to you the fun that you have doing it will mm-hmm. be it's palpable but in a way that can be consumed by the general public so mm-hmm. that you, you know how much you're giving of yourself and if that's okay with you and how much you want to share with the world and how much you want to keep private okay okay yeah I'm, def- I'm taking I'm taking down notes <laughs> because I know the biggest problem that I had is that I focused so much on building the brand that I actually lost sight of why I was on social media and that in turn led me to have like a lot of insecurities and mixed feelings and almost to the point of like hatred towards social media then I just had to take yeah. a break because I couldn't yeah. deal with it anymore. Yeah. So being on having a brand obviously means you're putting yourself out there especially if you're like you if you're the face of the brand yeah how do you deal with I know you said you only get like a couple of trolls but how do you deal with like negative comments on social media about what you're doing Um <laughs> I think you're allowed to vent like you're allowed to yeah. be affected by some of those negative I I hear a lot of people who say oh you don't need to pay them any mind you have like 20 positive comments so you focus on just this one but there's just something about the uh, our wiring where yeah one negative thing can throw off everything um, everything yeah <laughs> so you're allowed to be offended and stuff and what i would normally do is um i'll, I'll probably like if, I, if if it's really affected me if it's something that like they found a so spot Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll just I'll vent about it to a friend and then once I've cooled down is going to be like okay is there anything I can draw from this comment and mm-hmm. if not just block honestly um it's your page it's your brand it's the thing you want to put out and if there's something that you feel especially coming from someone whom you're not gaining much from and mm-hmm. they're affecting you that much just block them Okay. I think yeah. Yeah, I think that's actually a really, that's some pretty good advice because sometimes people forget that just because I've asked for feedback or I've asked for your opinion doesn't mean that you need to like throw it at me in a negative way. Yeah. In an in an extremely um mean way, you know? Like you don't have yeah. to hurt my feelings to get your point yeah. across. Yeah. Yeah, because there's some people who are out there that just intentionally malicious and <laughs> you're not going to change someone's um whole view on life based off of one thing they've written about That's you true. so yeah. yeah and this ties in really well with your other creative acts let me not mm. call them acts but creative pursuits i don't know why i said acts creative pursuits so you have the modeling but you also yeah. have spoken word yeah and clarify is it spoken word or is it poetry or are they both what's the difference spoken word is spoken um okay. poetry is normally in reference to written 
mm. written uh, poems and stuff. Okay. At least to my knowledge. I hope there's not going to be like some big rig for it. It's going to be like, no! <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's the way. Like, don't understand. <laughs> I'm standing from the poetry community. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, ideally, that's how, that's how it is. Um, uh, poetry okay. is more the written mm-hmm. and the spoken word is very little. It's spoken. So just to be clear, I do you do both or are you doing one? Like are you um, are I you do both, one? but I'm doing more of spoken word since last mm. year, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So what inspired you to get into spoken word? Uh um there's this poet, her name is Genetics. She's um, mm-hmm. I don't know if she's still part of them, but um a lot of her pieces would be featured on the P4CM group. It's a YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> it's a YouTube channel on YouTube. Okay. Oh, good. For the, for the yeah. rest of us who have no idea who those are, <laughs> it's, it's, it's um, just a group. <laughs> no idea what it stands for. But ideally, <laughs> um, it's it's a bunch of like Christian poets. Mm. Yeah. So um, I discovered I discovered yeah. her. Could it be Peace for Christ it. movement? I don't yeah, know. probably. That sounds legit. Yeah. <laughs> don't quote <laughs> me though. Um, okay. <laughs> so yeah, so there's one of her pieces titled um, "I Will Wait for You," and I remember mm. we were doing. I think we were doing practice for Sunday service because um, I used to do a lot of like I just get into any of the projects. Like, I was just super mm-hmm. invested and involved. So um, we're doing practice for the Sunday service. So this was on a Saturday afternoon. And then um, we went on a break. So someone just decided, ah, let me play, like, some cool songs that I found and stuff. Because we were really into Christian rock at the time. So okay. they started playing that. And then um, I think it's actually my pastor who was like, hey, have you guys heard of this? Poet, and it wasn't genetics, it was a different poet under the same group. Mm-hmm. So they played that, and then hers was on the recommended list. So then hers played next, and I was alone. Oh, wait, I think I downloaded that piece that very night after I got home, and I mm-hmm. listened to it about 10 times before I went to bed. And oh, wow. by the time I was going to bed, I had like the first, um, I'd call it verse, the first. Um, <laughs> I had like the first bit off head and I remember mm-hmm. practicing it and practicing it and I was just like well I have to be able to do this one day because at, at that point I was writing but I wasn't mm-hmm. sharing it with anyone and I wasn't posting it anywhere it was just stuff I would write yeah so yeah so then um, after that I would write pieces and then someone from somewhere within the church discovered that I was writing things and then because my pastor is very <laughs> my pastor is very big on noting people's um, interests, hobbies and talents and pushing mm-hmm. them to keep doing it. So um, he found out I was writing and then he was like, Oh, why don't you you know those small, small ones? So like share it yeah. share it to the youth group. And then now, okay, this piece is really nice. Read it for the main service, the adult service. And then that started becoming a thing. But I would just always go with my notebook and then I would read it like I'm reading a story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was it was very Kenyan. And then, okay. yeah. 
So at what point did you get to like actually begin okay, what do you call it? When you is it acting it out or performing? It? Is it performing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you struggled. Oh, struggled. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, um, what happens yeah. is when you're interviewing someone, it's like if you knew a thousand English words, all of a sudden you know ten. <laughs> like that's true. true. You only know ten words. And you're like, okay. <laughs> so you just keep hoping that the person you're talking to knows at yeah. least twenty. And then you can <laughs> feed together. <laughs> So at what point did you realize that? No, actually, that's not what I was asking. Like, at what point were you able to begin performing? Um, there is this group. I don't know if I can call them a group or they're an organization, but they're called America. So they hold the... Um, they, I don't know if... It, no, I think it was the third one. So it's called America Festival. So they yeah. put up um, a post on their Instagram page and they're like, do you know any, it was pretty much a call out for creatives across the board. So um, singers, instrumentalists, um, poets, bands, um, and the likes, uh, vendors and blah, blah, blah. So under poets, one of my friends tagged me because um, I used to share my, I only used to share my pieces like with my closest friends. And then I'd yeah. post them on um, my WordPress page, but I wouldn't tell people, hey, I have a WordPress page. So again, it would just be people who are close to me who knew about those pages and stuff. So um, he tagged me on the America post. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll just send out, because um, I'll just like send us your piece and then we'll get back to you on whether um, you'll be one of our performers. And I was like, easy. So I sent out um, one of the first pieces, no, second pieces I'd put up um, on my SoundCloud, it was called Girl Power. Yeah. So that's the one I submitted. And then they got back to me and they're like, hey, we liked your piece. Let's have a meeting um, so that you can go over your contract. And then now it's just practicing for the day off. I was like, whoa, it's happening. Cool. Um, yeah. And then that was my first gig. So that was in like November of 2017. Okay. Yeah. You know what's crazy is that... Mm. For someone who never used to share her work, yeah, <laughs> you're so okay with sharing it to like, like you're actually okay with submitting your pieces, which is usually not the case because most of the time you really have to be talked into doing something if you're afraid. I think the reason why I was convinced that, like that. Sorry, I'm actually not getting that from you, so I'm shocked. I'm like, okay. <laughs> No, I've just, realized me because, like, um, if it's just a normal gig and I just come and I perform my pieces and then that's it, um, I'm yeah. very okay with that. I'm, I still get like mad nervous and I can barely breathe. I'm sweating, I'm shaking, and all that good stuff. But the part that makes me now start getting self-conscious or now the self-doubt comes in is when it's like in a competition setting. So if it doesn't where I know someone is specifically coming to judge my pieces or judge my art, I think that's when I get a little bit, um, I get cold feet pretty much because okay. then it's really hard for like, okay, so is this a platform where I need to be validated by someone else on whether or not 
how I express myself is now for other yeah like I'm I'm still struggling with that I don't know if it's a pride thing or if it's just a genuine <laughs> it's a genuine dislike for the idea behind um competition in art mm. uh so yeah okay I get that I think I don't think it's a pride thing it's mm. definitely something that people go through because at the end of the day your art is almost like your it's like your it's your vulnerable it's your vulnerability you know like yeah. you don't want thank you yeah you don't want someone to poke at it because you're already being vulnerable putting it out so if someone telling yeah. you i think you do it this way you're like but you don't know who i am you don't know so. <laughs> yeah it's really easy to get like my defenses yeah. and um yeah. i think it was it was last year um i wanted to <laughs> i wanted to submit my work so that i could um compete for slam mm-hmm. and i remember at the time i was working with another poet on a project it was an ep and um mm-hmm. so before it um they kept trying to convince me and i was like eh, i want to go watch first and then afterwards is when i'll decide whether i actually want to compete because i'd heard other people's feedback and they're like hey, it's stuff man and then um it's also very discouraging if you go and then like let's say within the first the first drawing you're eliminated mm. so imagine you're like an up and coming <laughs> you're an up and coming like, no, and go and like you don't even leave to the second round yeah yeah so if you if you haven't gotten to a point where you're very comfortable with your art and stuff it can be it can be very disheartening and i think that's part of why i didn't i didn't submit any, any of my stuff because i think i was still at that point where i was like if if they tell me no it will take me quite some time it will take me quite some time to work back that confidence to mm. perform people yeah but so, slam is great <laughs> <laughs> a lot of poets go there. <laughs> it's great. So, do you feel like that's something that's letting you? That's ten hmm, words. Okay, um, that's keeping you behind. Like it's not letting you. It's basically not letting you thrive. The fear of should I call it the unknown? Because technically. Yeah. You, if you're going to get in or you're going to fail you've already just assumed that probably you won't get in yeah i am it's a challenge i'm working up towards mm-hmm. but i know i'm not ready right now so i'm not going to put myself through something that would break me before i'm in a position where even if it didn't go the way i would want i would still be okay mm Yeah. Okay. Okay. Growth, growth mindset. Nabidi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, how many pieces have you written so far? I know Girl Power and the one for the X. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> um as okay off the top of my head because there's some that I write but then I won't finish or there's some that I write but I won't post 
So let me go with the ones that have been posted or that are out there that I can remember. Um, mm-hmm. So there's girl power, a good woman. Um, I am not your ex. I am who mm-hmm. I am. Dear twenty three. Um, a few good men. Um, okay. And I don't want to mention the other ones because they're supposed to be part of something else that may be happening this year, like oh. later this year. So yeah. So it's like. So it's like a secret sneak peek, but without the sneak peek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do all, okay, so based on your titles, I'm starting to think that, is there like a running theme? Is there something specific you really like talking about, writing about? Um, I think I really try, I have a problem with being boxed in and, and um, labels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um, I think so far, I've noticed that there's a trend. Um, most of them will either be pieces in relation to womanhood or mm-hmm. romantic pieces. Mm. So romantic in the sense of ah, uh, it's sweet and mushy mushy, and also in the sense of ish, who hurt you? So yeah, where can we find them and beat them up? Kind of pain. <laughs> okay okay so while you're writing that is it like what's talk me through your process do you have a process i do not unfortunately i am trying to find it um okay at first what if your process is not having a process you know like maybe that's okay But that's dangerous. Then you're like you're just left floating in a vacuum until mm. you know. Um, until you feel bad. Yeah. So that's that's what I've been struggling with because I find it very difficult to sit down and then be like, okay, I have now decided that I will write a piece based off of I don't know um, why. Oof. No, I was gonna say like a very strong topic, but I don't. Um, why? Why? <laughs> I'm trying to pick something random. Why women should be allowed to wear trousers in church, in all the churches, in all the churches, and then mm. uh, I just won't be able to write it in that sense now. Like my brain will just completely refuse because most of the time, I'll I either write very early in the morning. Mm-hmm. Or in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And when I write in the middle of the night, I know I have Uchungu. There's some pain somewhere that needs to be let out. <laughs> okay. So inspiration forces it out of me. And then that's when I'll write. I feel like um, my darkest pieces are pieces I wrote, here comes the irony, late at night, in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pieces for like a hey, girl power or I am who I am. Those are pieces that I mainly wrote in the morning. So I don't I don't know where the I don't know how to help myself in terms of like um, hitting on when that inspiration happens. Mm-hmm. But so far, those are like the consistent things I have noticed. It just has to happen. There has to be something in mind, and then mm-hmm. once I start, something flows. But if I think of something and I start writing and I keep finding myself 
pausing to try and find words that rhyme and so I know that piece is gonna be like complete nonsense mm. so you basically yeah. don't want to force it yeah I don't want to force it um, <laughs> can I share a story mm-hmm. um, and it's in light of um, poetry and uh, performing it and I feel mm-hmm. like very telling on when a poet actually cares about what they're saying. Okay. So there was a certain event I went for um, and the opening act was a lady and she was doing a mashup of a Bob Marley song and then she would do her piece in the interludes of the song. Mm-hmm. So uh, she starts performing and her voice is okay. You can tell she's nervous. But we're all rooting. <laughs> Everyone's rooting for her. <laughs> and then, um, so she starts performing the piece. And I remember just feeling really... I felt uh, um, very disappointed. And I started getting a bit angry as well. Um, the piece was mainly... She tried covering like five different topics in one. So she was talking about abuse and she was talking about feminism and she was talking about toxic masculinity and she talked about rape and she talked about so she covered like six different topics and tried to like um squeeze it all into one piece Mm -hmm. and to me it just sounded like she'd heard other people's stories and Mm. she to write a quote-unquote important piece mm. and decided ah, I will write about all of these things because there are issues in our society and we should probably discuss them and this will be a great performance because it will touch people because these are real issues but the way it mm. came off was just like I've said she was looking for a story she didn't have anything personal to write wrote about other people's stories, didn't know how to, like, put it out, and trying to put everything in. I don't know. It just came off as genuine. Void mm. for the people who actually had those experiences. I'm, I don't know this person, so maybe I'm being highly presumptuous about whether this was a personal story or not. But the way it came off from her performance was that it wasn't necessarily something that she cared about. It was just something that she thought would make a good performance. So is that something that you're afraid of when it comes to performing that, especially now that you said that you're not sure whether you dislike the idea of someone validating your pieces or it's a pride thing of which we discounted the pride. (laughs) So, that's something that also runs through your mind when you're performing and especially if you're performing in a competitive aspect that someone is probably looking at your piece and thinking did she is she genuine is she authentic did this really happen to her is she tying this thing together is it scattered are these thoughts that run through your mind as well yeah because um I know when I've written a BS piece. I know when I just yeah. tried to write a piece because I felt like, ah. Um, because, like, for example, um, I, try to, I try to update myself in the political world because it's something mm-hmm. that's 
<laughs> something that affects all of us, even though we do not feel it as directly as other people yeah. might. But I also know that I'm not informed enough that I can't go and do a whole massive piece on why this particular thing is going wrong, you know. Mm. But at the same time, if I decide to write a piece about um, a theme in womanhood, there I'm a woman. I've had certain experiences. Most of them have been in light of some of the um, psychosocial issues that we face in our society, both locally and internationally. So when I write a piece, I'm both informed from my own personal perspective and from some of the women around me and from the things that I've seen outside. So even when I perform it, maybe the things that someone will point out is like um, your tone inclination should have been better here and there and this is this and this, but they would feel the piece because it's like you, you can tell it's coming from somewhere, you know? It's not, yeah. yeah, so that's what I tried to do. And for a while, I found myself mostly writing um, love poems. And I had a massive problem with that because I didn't feel like love poems were as important mm. because in the world that I exist in, the mm -hmm. most respected performers were people who were talking about politics and social issues and you know big things that struck conversation like debates and someone would be like ah you know when you said this in that piece I was thinking about the time in 2011 when this or when this um, politician said you know like yeah. I didn't feel like the pieces I was writing were important enough or as hard hitting and then I just had to get to a point where I realized um, if I force myself to do a certain kind of piece so that I feel like I'm doing important stuff, it's I'm going to be as ingenuine as I felt that girl was at that gig. Mm -hmm. So I'm better off sticking to like the things I'm more familiar with because I do talk about some of those issues. Um, I I'll. I'll, okay, the bottom line is I'll speak on what I know. <laughs> okay. And so, if I don't, I will learn until I know. And then if inspiration comes from that knowledge, then I will write. But if not, I'd rather not. So bottom line, speak on what you know. Be intentional. But also don't try to just... Actually, yeah, that, I'll just leave you at those two. Be intentional. Yeah. Well, I I'm going to find a more profound way to say it and then I'll be like, damn. Be like, why didn't I say it like that? Don't know. It happens to me all the time. So. Yeah. As long as you're going with the flow, that's what counts, you know? Yeah. So, does that mean that people don't... I don't know. I'm having a hard time believing that people don't like love and love topics because then why are people in fact I find like one some of the best um, forms of poetry pieces written, poetry pieces written songs written anything yeah. 
any form of cre- creative stuff done is mm. always based on pain and love. Yeah. Yes, we'll talk about politics, we'll talk about the environment, we'll talk about social issues, but the one core thing that we all can agree on is that love hurts. Yeah. At some point. And yeah. that's the <laughs> <personal> thing <laughs> that everyone yeah. agrees on. So for it, because I wouldn't consider you up and coming. I feel like you you have risen the ranks. Yeah. Oh. So you're not a newbie. You know, it's not like you were in the closet and then now you're like, woohoo, I'm here. No. Like you've actually gone through the process and you're getting there. Yeah. For someone who's up and coming, what advice do you have for them? Especially if A, they're not sharing their work and they're having a hard time sharing their work, but B, also finding pieces that they can, like, not, not even finding pieces, finding um, spaces and, and topics that they can really relate to and write about. What um, advice do you have for them? Okay, I'll start off with a disclaimer. Um, the love, the, the love pieces or being titled a love poet was a personal insecurity because mm-hmm. at the time that I was um, breaking into the industry, um, it just, it felt like it would be too easy to come in as an up and coming female poet and then just be speaking about love, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I remember there was a point where I had an interview <laughs> with a big name. Can I call them a company? Mm-hmm. In the creative world. And they wanted me to write a piece for them for um, a contract project they had with another team in Zimbabwe. And I remember during the meeting, <laughs> the boss actually told me, and she was like, yeah, so we wanted to bring you in, see what you could write. Um because we were listening to your pieces and we wondered, um, are you able to write past the, the love pieces and like, you know, the cute stuff? Can you write about like hard hit? And I think it's it just continued to um, hit home like all fish. So the love pieces aren't important enough or they're not taken seriously enough. Because at the time I was coming in, I've, I was being associated a lot with another um, and it was uh, it was a male poet as well and I hated the fact that my wasn't ah, Nicole the poet it was so and so's you know and then mm-hmm. coming into that again and then writing love pieces it was like oh okay that's easy because she's a female she has emotions they deal with their emotions all the time so I guess it's easy for her to pieces. So that's that's where my um, dilemma was coming in in terms of being labeled a love poet. But I love love pieces. <laughs> I find them very like because uh, anyone can find themselves in the situations whether you want to experience that, that thing or you already have. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. End of my disclaimer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Advice for an up and comer. I would say um, just start off by sharing it with like your closest friends, where and your close friends who won't just gas you up, but would be like, "Oh, this is a great piece," but I don't understand what you were trying to say here. 
And I feel like you, maybe you will have changed this word. And I feel like you're being repetitive at this point. Um, so friends where you can take the cr- criticism from, you know, and then, mm-hmm. and then expand your circle once you get comfortable with just sharing it with your friends. And then just start like an anonymous page where you just post stuff and then wait to see what people say about it. If that's, um, if feedback is something that's important to you or you just want to share past the circle that you have. Because sometimes our friends will gas us up so much that we can't see any wrong in anything that we do <laughs> and you forget to grow. So it's also important for that sort of feedback from outside and then also try and reach out to people who are already there that you familiarize yourself with or that you look up to and stuff. Okay. So what happens if you start an anonymous <laughs> okay. page <laughs> and no one likes your content. No one gives you feedback because you know like right now it's really hard to um, grow in terms of in, in social media yeah because it's technically a very populated place yeah. so you're probably looking at maybe it depends unless you're going to do like something risky or you tag someone who is more popular than you are you're not going to rise up the ranks as fast as you think you are and i think maybe a lot of people are going through that part where you do want to share your art but you also want people you you you're also looking for the feedback but the feedback isn't coming as fast as you thought it would so what like how do you help someone like that if they came to you like okay i want to start a page i have i i don't have as as many or rather okay yeah let's just leave it at that Um, I think that's probably either two things that are happening. It's either your strategy is wrong mm-hmm. or you're not being patient enough. Okay. So if you're writing and you don't feel like you're getting the kind of feedback that you want, maybe you need to look at the mm-hmm. type of audience that you have because there's some people who um, consume art. Yeah? True. Who loves music, but that's that's the point at which they are a part of that world. They consume what is given to them. And then there's people who will both consume and then um, you'll find they're also an instrumentalist or they're a vocalist, you know? So maybe look back again at your target audience and then change that. And then also realize that everyone is moving at their own different paces. You might be feeling like it's not working for you fast enough because you're looking at someone who's been, <laughs> who's been in the game for three years and they've done all the TV interviews and done all the hottest sports, performed at all the mm. big sports. And they rub shoulders with the other bigwits in the industry that you want to break into. If you're looking at that and then comparing it to yourself and that's not realistic. True, true. Yeah. So I guess that would be my first, that would be the first thing I would look at. But mm-hmm. uh, I also understand that there may be special um, situations. <laughs> <laughs> 
um i don't know i think it's only like it's happened a few times where um someone has dm'd me to ask me for advice about how to write and i've i've never been able to like the the mm. the I honestly don't think that there is a a list a to do list when it comes to art. There is. Yeah, you just need to find your. Yeah. You just need to find your. You need to find your own voice. Mm-hmm. And then just start with expressing it the way you know how, and then move from there. Because I could tell you all the techniques or the strategies or the things that inspire me. but we're living in completely different worlds true true so my thing may not work for you i may to give you some of the basics like how to phrase your words or maybe um help you figure out what kind of themes work for you or uh i don't know like the smaller things but in terms of actually writing and finding things that matter and that you can fully and confidently express that's a matter of self discovery mm. i think also if you ask, if you're asking someone how to write then it probably means it's not something you actually want to do it's probably something you're doing because you think it's what you should be doing yeah or you think it's cool and you'd like to try because yeah. i've had of that kind <laughs> or i've had a lot of friends who will send me a piece and they'll be like oh help me out blah 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 and this is mostly dudes and then in between the conversation <laughs> it'll turn into something else and then i'm like see you could have just started to do what you really wanted so i yeah. can tell you ali on what's the fish <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I don't have to learn how to write nyef nyef I'm very skeptical about messages like this <laughs> okay so creativity points gone nothing <laughs> zero <laughs> oh god okay now they know now they know <laughs> so anyone who wants to approach Nicole now you know don't approach her People no, just nothing to actually want. I think it's always easier that way. It's true. It's yeah. let them be strangers and just be like, "Hey, I want to take yeah. you out." That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, modeling. I feel like you have so many, you have so many. You no, actually, you don't have so many. I like the fact that you're multifaceted. So you're a, you're an artist but you also okay an artist encompasses everything you're a spoken word artist you're a mm-hmm. you're an influencer even oh. if you do give that word <laughs> <laughs> you're an influencer so let's talk about modeling yeah um mm. How did you get into modeling? <laughs> um I just like pictures and I like cameras and I I like the idea of freezing a moment. Um and I like I love the creativity behind it. I think that's one of the things I enjoy the most. Like having an idea in your head and then the thing about like um modeling is it's unless like now yourself shooting and like doing self portraits and stuff like that when you're mm-hmm. working with someone else it's i find it so magical how 
for example, because most of the times if I'm shooting, I'm the one who come up with um, the concept for the shoot. So I'll create yeah. a mood board and blah, blah, blah. So the fact that I can come up with something in my head and explain it to someone else, and then we can bring it to life, but then also add aspects of what they interpreted it as, I just, it's, it always blows my mind. And then um, the first shoot I did was very random. It was very, very random. Um, mm-hmm. I just used to post stuff on Insta. And then this one time, there's a photographer who's now a really, really good friend of mine. He's called James. His mm-hmm. Instagram handle is Gadigestist. Um, if you just type Gadigest, you'll find the James Gadige. But is taking your pictures. Okay. Yeah. So he's like he's a, um, so he's the first photographer who ever reached out to me, and he's like, "Hey, I want to have a shoot with you." And I was like, "Ah, oh, great! I'm supposed to go swimming tomorrow." <laughs> and I had no idea what I was doing, mm-hmm. but like for some reason, I just felt very comfortable, and um, it was just supposed to be because I was going swimming with my cousin. So um, we went to, there's a local restaurant that used to be next to my place. And then they had a pool. So we just went and we swam and we took shots and we took videos and stuff like that. And I just had so much fun and I was so comfortable with him. And I was like, ah, this is great. And he was like, ah, that was great. We should do this again. And then he just became the main person I'd shoot with. Also because no one else was shooting with me anyway. So he was my only option. He had several options of models to work with, but we just vibed really well. Mm-hmm. And um, he understood a lot of like the ideas I had in my head. And um, yeah, so I think we just learned off of each other. And then eventually, um, the more I started showing up on his page, the more other people would be like, oh, this, hey, this is like the third shoot. Who is this one? And then I think that's how people said coming onto my page. And slowly after that, um, photographers would be like, hi, um, would you be interested to do a shoot? And yeah, that's pretty much how it started. Oh, so at no point, like when you were younger, did you ever think you were going to be a model? <laughs> just <laughs> Nope. I just liked the idea of taking pictures. So for you, it's just taking pictures and having fun. Yeah, but then now it's also turning into like I have certain um, goals in mind nowadays when it comes to it. But I think this is mainly from like the I hate this word, but like mainly from the exposure and the mm-hmm. experience. So you always want to go a level higher. So you look mm-hmm. something like okay, but what if we did it like on a grander scale and stuff like that. Okay, okay. So what would a grander scale look like? <laughs> My goal for this year is to be on the billboard. I don't know how it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's one of my goals for like by the end of the year. Um, Good goal. Thanks. Whoever, <laughs> if you want to hook me up. <laughs> I'm ready. I really yeah, am. No. Yeah, but um, 
so pretty much I've I've been um because because people ask for official titles. I don't know why we're so we're so big on titles, and I'm so anti-labeling and putting oneself in a box. But um, so when people ask me what I do exactly in modeling, I say freelance commercial modeling. Mm-hmm. Like big words and fancy titles. <laughs> commercial modeling. Okay. Yeah. So it's what? pretty much. <laughs> agency yeah you're the one who has to find your own gigs and um, you market yourself um yeah so it's sort of like being self-employed but in the modeling industry which is hard because when you're Mm -hmm. working with an agency yeah it comes with like its own bag of challenges but at least then you have someone who's consistently looking for jobs for you Mm mm-hmm so, and then that also makes it easier to land gigs. Like now, for example, if I wanted to be on a billboard and I was working with an agency, yeah. I could just get them to look for those avenues for me. And then I just go for those additions and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, so far, I just hear a lot of people talk about how they, you go for auditions so many times and you'll be told no so many times. And at some point you'll be like, I, Kwani, am I just ugly? Is there no charisma? <laughs> Me? Am I just chasing something? Else? <laughs> I'm not tall enough. Blah blah blah. Yeah, which is also part of the reason why I gave up um, runway modeling because I was like, I'm not tall enough. Um, the minute I put on the heels specifically to do runway, my brain doesn't. It's like both your legs are left. Left. What? What would you call it? You have two left legs. That's better English. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it, I just there's no coordination that comes in whatsoever. But if I'm like wearing heels and I'm just existing in the world, then I come entire, I have nothing. I have nothing. <laughs> but the minute it's like an official thing, I am like a drunk giraffe. So, oh, so it like yeah. gets into your head because yeah. now you're like more conscious. Yeah, and then um, what happens with auditions is it's not like you go into a private room and then there's your embarrassment is only within the room and you only have to face like the panelists. It's you're like a room of thirty to forty models. Mm-hmm. More experienced ones will always go first because they just want to get it over and done with, and then wait for their call. <laughs> so they'll go. Their walk is amazing. And like, Did you like, yeah, and they're so confident and everything. So by the time you're going up, <clears throat> you're just a wreck. Yeah, but I think, yeah, it's fine. The last, the last auditions I went for, I just used to be like, I'm using this as an opportunity to learn how to walk. I'm not using this as an opportunity to score the job. So I would just go for like lots and lots of auditions and then watch the girls walk and then try and find what would work for me and blah, 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 blah. And then I would go and I would be terrible. I'm like, ah, we'll see if I'll do better in the next edition. So I think that is a constant disappointment for myself. Mm. So the one thing I've picked up through this is that um, there's definitely some major self-doubt that usually comes in. And I think self-doubt is like the biggest enemy for a creative. Oh, uh, yes. It's, if 
it's just it's like it's yeah. waiting it's like hey i'm here yeah. so yeah so the fact that self doubt is something that you can't get rid of how do you deal with it especially now that you're in two things like two creative yeah. aspects <laughs> put me in that <laughs> put you up there literally <laughs> Um, I think what I've been trying to do because it's still something I don't know if people really okay yeah, I guess some people do get over it but for me I haven't gotten to that point yet so mm-hmm. uh, how I'm handling it right now my coping mechanism which may or may not be positive is that I if I'm if I find myself thoroughly struggling with my morning come up with concepts I'm not taking good shots my poses are repetitive and like just um, my facial expressions are so blank and it just doesn't seem to be working. I'll refocus my energy in poetry. So I'll write like a new piece and there's this energy that comes with it for like, okay, I've written a new piece. I'm going to go perform at like MDC and I'm going to do like three gigs. They're going to be sold out. It's going to be great. <laughs> so it's like... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a way to gas myself up. Um, mm-hmm. So I try and like interchange. If I'm, I feel like one of them is I'm really struggling and uh, my creativity is dwindling in that aspect, I'll turn to the other one. And then somehow they sort of help on one side. I'll feel more positive about going back to the other side. Um, yeah. one focus point creatively mm-hmm. um, I think it's important to know when you need to take a break when you're reaching burnout yeah because being creative is like a whole 9 to 5 man it is because <laughs> then you're expected because a lot of creators work off of inspiration. Mm-hmm. So if inspired for like a whole month, like there was a period I remember where I went to the writer's block for a whole month. And I was just so sad and frustrated because I was like, I've just started doing performances. If I slow down now, I won't be able to pick up again. I wanted to reach, you know, and the longer you stay away, the harder it is to come back because you give opportunity to grow. Mm. So one thing that I've learned from um, my significant other is that what he does is when it comes to poetry, um, regardless of how he feels, he writes, like he dedicates like an hour of every day in the morning to writing. Mm-hmm. Of how he feels, or whether he feels inspired, he'll write. Whether it's two words, two sentences, whether it makes sense, whether it doesn't, he'll still write. And I think it's good because it's um, it gets past the whole ah, but I'm not good enough, and then it's um, it gets used to the idea of um, I don't know how to articulate it properly. Hmm. It creates like a sense of routine that your yeah. mind gets used to it, so that when you do start writing, it doesn't. It's not something you need to relearn. It's not a foreign 
aspect in your life. It's something that you're you're used to. Sort of. Yeah, so it yeah. sort of becomes like muscle memory. So apart from just waiting for inspiration, you also discipline yourself to maintain it. Mm, true, true, true. Yeah. I, I can actually attest to that because um, I remember reading Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, and she talks about that, how we need to stop waiting for the inspiration to hit us and like develop. And I think that's really hard for a lot of up and coming creatives because creativity in itself is so hard to explain. You can't be like, if someone asks you how you write, you're like, I don't know. I just do, you know? (laughs) Yeah. What is your process? I don't know. I just write, (laughs) you know? So... <laughs> like I don't have anything to say. Okay. So just having a form of self-discipline really helps because out of like ten pieces that you'll have written, you'll mm-hmm. only be happy with two or even one or even yeah. a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> You're happy with one. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So just having that self-discipline is very important. Yeah. And the disclaimer for my listeners. She did say that she has a significant other. So, so <laughs> they are not going to help you. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> um, with modeling, I've seen, especially now with the coming of Instagram, there's this movement for body positivity. Um, have you ever dealt with like issues of body positivity or have you just been good on that front? You know, you know, it's also I'm always like super comfortable and just accepting of what I have and how I look. And mm-hmm. then other moments where because uh, it's it's very difficult to completely ignore um things in the beauty world. Cause mm-hmm. I remember there was a time I think I don't know. I don't know what was happening. <laughs> but it, it was it was actually the day before we were supposed to do a shoot or something. And I think I went to say hi to a friend of mine. And um, I remember, so we're chatting and chatting and chatting. And then at some point, I'm like, eh, let me go home. Um, I have some stuff I need to start working on. And if I continue staying here, I will procrastinate until 11 p.m. So yeah. I'm getting up to the and goes like, hey. And quite you you've lost weight. I'm like those jeans that are making you look tinier. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then within that same week, someone else was like, ah, are you bigger? Have you been eating like more than your usual amounts, which is still a lot? Really, is it? <laughs> and then especially now with um because you'll notice that in terms of societal standards of beauty, there's no consistency. For, yeah, so for like five years, the trend will be um, blonde with blue eyes and slender. And that's like the killer. That's like the girl of everyone's dreams. Mm. And then change. And then all of a sudden it's like, ah, you know what? Brunettes can be fun as well. Mm. And then people that black people exist. And then they're like, ah, but melanin. 
yeah also that's the thing and then now it was all about like black girls and stuff like that um which is still like a thing that's growing and then it's turned into yeah but like black girls who are thick though so then there's always going to be a group that's being left out mm-hmm. so i think I think for me, I try not to, um, there was a point where I tried a different strategy where I, if, if someone made me feel, if I was following someone on social media, yeah, they made me feel lesser than, I would just stop and following for a while so that they're not consistently showing up on my page and I'm not consistently going like, hey, but her, like, everyone's into like the big bucks and like, my butt is just slightly above average. And then, <laughs> you know, you enough. You know, I need to go like uh, a cup higher. But then now who's going to support the menu? It's interesting when you have conversations with people and then you hear someone going like, ah, I hate... I hate how big my boobs are. Like, I have back pains, I have what to to it. And then there'll be someone in the same room, like, what? I would die to get to your cup size. I don't know. I think that's the thing where you just have to get to a point where you ask yourself um, some deep questions and you need to figure out, okay, fine. First and foremost, let me start with, am I healthy? Mm-hmm. And that answer if you are and if you're not um what changes do you need to make or what of yourself do you need to appreciate more and i think i just got to a point where i was like well okay for me i'm slender because um it's i it seems to be a genetic thing and then also i have high metabolism so i better and then i i realized i used to think i eat a lot but i realized it's just that i snack a lot Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's, uh, like, and my body will go through like changes. So there'll be, I'll be like super bloated, super bloated. And I feel like it's worse to be bloated when you're a slender person because then it's like, ah, that's where the cubs have decided to come out. What's the fish? <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I think it's just a matter of like just discovering yourself and also knowing what works for you. So if you're certain body shape, what type of clothes should you wear that accentuate what you do? Constantly thinking about what you don't and how you can change it. Because most of those things, you probably can't change it. And if you can, it's going to be expensive. And mm-hmm. if you can, there might be health risks involved with it. So if it's not for health reasons... I think maybe you just find other avenues of, like if exercising will make you feel better about yourself, do some yeah. exercise. If you're not into exercising, maybe do like uh, change um, your diet. And I don't mean that, I feel like anytime someone says diet, they assume either you're not eating or you're just drinking water or your, you know, like the extreme measures. But dieting could just mm-hmm. 
proteins you need to add or certain carbs you need to cut out or um, you need to figure out, oh, fish, I may be lactose intolerant, so I need to cut out. Yeah, like just figure yourself out and then work with what you have, focusing on what you don't. So have you... Okay, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this question. Have your creative pursuits helped in terms of your self-love and self-care? Yeah. Because I think one of my favorite examples is if, (laughs) uh, like, for example, in terms of, like, modeling, I Mm -hmm. may be doing a shirt. But that day, I just feel like my insides and my outsides are just, I just feel like I look and I feel yucky. Mm. I have to be doing the shoot because <laughs> the pictures are not going to turn out. Okay. <laughs> no one wants to see that. And then I'll do the shoot regardless and I'll be like, okay, you know what? Maybe we'll just do like a lot of hair or like I'll cover half of myself with a scarf. We'll find a way. And mm-hmm. then shoot and either it will be like um, the photographer will find one shot where they're like no and I realize that thing with the photographers I work with you don't know if it's a good shoot or not because if at one point before the end of the shoot they don't go like ish or like yo 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 or they don't do a dance you know that was a bad shoot <laughs> they're not great with <laughs> that's when you need to start questioning whether you've done a good job or not like yeah, so there'll be days I'll like just feel super yucky, and I'll feel like I look yucky, and then we'll do a shoot, and then there'll be that sort of reaction. Or once I post it, I'll just be like, eh, I will post because it has happened. But then the type of feedback I get is like, hey, yo, this is so cool. That outfit is nice. That background is nice. Who did your hair? Stuff like that. And it's a, it's a self-esteem booster because it's like, oh, I thought this was disgusting and I thought all of you would do results and <laughs> nausea would but alas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, and then in terms of like poetry, I'll go and I'll do a piece and I'll be so nervous and I'll be like, fish, your voice is shaking. You've cut out like a whole three lines, but no one has noticed because they don't know this piece yet. <laughs> and then, yeah, like your legs were shaking, you know, you shrubbed that one word, oh Jesus. And I leave the stage and I'll be like, fish, 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 fish. And I'll try to avoid like have, making eye contact with people and I'll just look for any friend that has showed up and be like, hold me, please. Mm. But then, like, one or two people who come and be like, that was amazing. And I'm like, what? Were we experiencing the same thing? What? Same place. <laughs> I think sometimes it's also good to just share your stuff because you never really know what kind of response you get. And um, it's going to sound so okay, but I think one of um, the greatest things I've ever heard, like, for example, in terms of poetry, is I'll do a piece and then I'll it will be over and then I'll finish and I'll be walking around and I'll be mingling and I'll be talking to people and I'll notice that someone has been waiting to speak to me. 
still create that opportunity and they'll come and they'll be like, yo, that was a really nice piece. You know, I really felt that. I was so inspired. What made you write that? And I'm like, wow, you didn't just enjoy it, but you connected with it. Mm. And that's because when I was writing it, I was writing it from my perspective and I thought there were some good bars in there, but I mm. just figured that what else would enjoy it from a creative standpoint, like, ah, oh, that's a good piece. And yeah, so it's always good when someone comes back with like um, more like, like a feedback. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Actually, we really like that. <laughs> ah, I'm speechless. <laughs> Which is usually hard because I, I, I really have things to say. But I can't even add anything to that. Okay. <laughs> so, um, wow. <laughs> What's happening? Have I run out? <laughs> no, it really, like I was listening to you and I'm just, I just connected to what you said. Yeah. Wow. See the joy I was talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So, um, my last two questions for you. Mm-hmm. The first one is I've noticed that the creative space in Kenya is really growing. Yeah. Compared to how it was back then. Because when we were growing up, I mean, you were going you were either going to become a doctor, you know, or a lawyer. And then the only photographer you ever interacted with was the one you'd go to at the studio. Or the one who <laughs> took pictures of you at Uhuru Park, you know, like <laughs> So at no point were you like, oh, when I grew up, I want to be a photographer, you know? So how do you feel about the Kenyan creative space right now? And what do you see for the future as the future? Um I think I'm grateful that it's growing. I feel like it's 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 heading towards the right direction. I think people are becoming more um accepting of the fact that there is like for example with the play ke music movement it's been because enough people had the argument of like yeah sure fine you want to you want us to play your music but there's trash music everywhere where's the good kenyan music and you're like <laughs> there's so much <laughs> there's so so much um, so much that doesn't get empty yeah wow it's crazy it's oh my god i think i had an argument <laughs> someone recently about um, whether there is good Kenyan music and I feel like most of the people so far um, I don't want to group people but most of the people so far that I've had a conversation with in terms of whether there is good Kenyan music available to consume to begin with are people who even if you do present them with music from different genres by Kenyan artists they'll still be like oh but why why should I now spend five hours listening to these people you know, I, <laughs> so there's no, the I feel like part of the problem is that there's no willingness to accept the fact that you're wrong and yeah. it's available. And it's not just for a specific group. Because I feel like we have a lot of indie artists, we have a lot of old school, um, like that Kenyan, I don't know if you have, a, uh, there was someone who was saying we don't have like a Kenyan vibe for our artists. 
but I feel like there is. There <laughs> is. Yeah. And then, because uh, I feel like there's so many. Like, even when I was growing up, the likes of Akina Nazizi and Nameless and Caesar, even though he had like that one, I don't know where he is. Was he ever found? No, I don't know. Actually, I was, talking, I was talking to my mom about that. <laughs> we were like, what happened to that guy? He was never found. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the likes uh, Yeah. Yeah, so the, the, the music is there and the different genres are present. So it's not just, oh, there's good music, but it's good music for the people who are um, subscribed to Western-type music. Mm. For example, uh, you'll have Calligraph, who does the whole um, accented <laughs> um, rapping. You'll enjoy some aspects of his music because you're like, ah, there's, there's bars in there, I like that he adds like Swahili into his raps and stuff. It makes me feel a bit nostalgic, and I can be like, "Hey, my people's and there's the Nashinskis and the Souls and they're just a band and the Blinky Bills and the Tattoo Shine." Yeah. So the the people that are presenting the music, there's so many, and yeah, the Jason Kalingas. Um... <sighs> okay, I said his name and then it's made me sad. But um, yeah, so the music is present. So the art is present. It's just a matter of people accepting that and being willing to delve into it. And but not just go with the assumption that. Are we getting there at least? Are we growing or are we just, because it's one thing to talk about it because that's what I feel like, we're, that's where we're at talking about it and everyone is like yeah play ke music but are you playing ke music are you listening are you going for gigs are you supporting local artists you know so are we there yet or do we need to step out of just talking about it and actually start doing things i think we just have to accept that we are we're in a country that is filled with so many traditions and norms Mm. that by the time you start breaking them down for now someone to go like okay now I am willing to experiment with this and with that and blah 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 it's going to take some time but I feel as long as I have the Patricia Kimoros of the world who she I love her specifically because she has been so consistent with Kenyan art and the creative scene whether it's in terms of musicians or whether it's in terms of service providers or whether it's in terms of people who produce things locally from like the little things like a watch to a handbag to a scarf to home decor to stuff like that she's always plugging local um artists and entrepreneurs and stuff like that so and i feel like part of it also has to do with us because the more we consume it and the more we put it out there, it can't be ignored. But I think it's one of those things where it's going to take some time before it hits the mainstream. Because I feel like for now, we're still to see what we're underground. <laughs> and it's sort of in that level. Or if you're the people who follow influencers online and blah, 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 blah. So eventually. Eventually we'll get there. Let's be Patricia Kihoros. Actually, really love that woman. Like, I think I have a girl. 
<laughs> don't we all <laughs> <laughs> okay so thank you so much nicole for coming on mm-hmm. an amazing time we have like which is a good thing <laughs> no but it's good because yeah, when you want to talk to someone then it would have been worse if we were just speaking for 10 minutes then we're like okay crickets nothing <laughs> thanks thank you for this 10 minutes of my life they've been great we <laughs> uh, get you oh, yes what Wait, I remember what I wanted to ask you. My last question was my like last, last, last question, final question. Is what should mm-hmm. we expect from you in all your facets? Oh, fish. Okay. <laughs> um. Hmm. Is there anything? Is there a spanner in the works? Is that is that a stage? Is that a lane? Is that a true lane? I've heard people saying that. I don't know. People are not my people. <laughs> I haven't heard that line before. Um, <laughs> um, well, I don't want to jinx it because I'm still in that space of trying to deal with the whole self doubt stuff, 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 stuff. But I want to do a show in November. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. Um, the planning is taking quite some time, but it will happen. And then there's a whole goal on being on a billboard. So there's that. We'll see if it happens. It will happen. Manifest into the universe. Thank you, please. Bring um, it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I started working for a really cool interior design company called Capulango. Do mm. it. But... Well, you're welcome now. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, it focuses. Um, on African-based products. So everything that um, we use is made somewhere in Africa. So from around the whole continent. So we have baskets, we have pillows, we have, we have everything. We have masks, but they all are African-made and they have African stories. And, and I just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And they make and spaces look extra stunning with the beautiful African touch. So whomever is open and wanting to spice up the space they exist in with some local decor, please go to Capilango and check out the page. Nice. I've never had of it, but I've now had of it, and I'm going to check it out. So thank you. Amen. <laughs> Okay, hopefully everything works out for you. I am going to be on the lookout for you being on a billboard. On a billboard. On a billboard. Look out for details on your show in November. So that's it. Yeah. Pressure. This is, that's why you always have to have people who keep you accountable. And now, this podcast will keep you accountable because when it doesn't happen, we'll be like, uh, Nicole, do you remember? <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, I'm working towards it because I'm planning another gig that's supposed to happen in April. So I want to see how that happens. 
um, learn from that as well. So yeah, it will happen. For you, I'm excited to see what's been happening in your life on social media, off social media, just anything that I hear about you, I'm like super excited. Like when I came across your video on YouTube, I was like, yay, she's going places. Such a nice person. And I think people who assume that you're snobbish miss out on that because you you are a genuine soul, which is very rare to find. Yeah. Okay. I'm still learning how to take compliments, so I don't know how to respond. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But I'm really thankful that you decided to do this with me. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I had a really amazing time and mm-hmm. the discussion is very fruitful and very engaging and yeah, I feel challenged and I also feel a bit like refreshed from it. So thank you. That's that's okay. I'm also you like, see, <laughs> it's like thank you, but then at the same time I'm like, okay. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you, yeah. But I'm really thankful. Yeah. Like, All right. <laughs> we should do it. And someone has to like what's the thing it's like um uh, a pg-13 version of taking a shot every single time one of us is thank you no thank you yeah or <laughs> we'd be like um ariana grande who's always saying sorry so uh, yes yeah, <laughs> i guess we are just suffering we're all just suffering from something we don't know what it is but yeah. Yeah. everyone has a struggle it's fine yeah, it's our struggle we'll just until we are out of thank yous. So <laughs> right now I'm full of thank yous. So <laughs> in conclusion, thank you. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to say it one last time. Thank you. Okay, now we're done. <laughs> All right. It's been really good having you on and hopefully we'll have another one sometime. And yeah, I so if- volunteer in advance. Oh wait, you can put okay just plug yourself in be like what your instagram handle is where people can find you oh cool um okay so i'll start with soundcloud Uh, soundcloud is where you can find the pieces that i post the spoken word versions (laughs) um um, just look up nicole agneta or word slave cool and then on instagram it is nicole underscore agneta which is spelled A-G-N-E-T-A underscore A. Yeah. All right. Now you know where to find her, so you can look for her. Especially those people who are looking for a billboard model, you know where to find her now. Please, please now. I'm ready. I... <laughs> You're ready. <laughs> I'm so ready. I'm going to the universe. <laughs> Okay, thank you so much, Nicole. This is the last thank you I am giving and saying, but thank you. Okay, this time. All right. All right. Bye. Wow. Didn't I tell you that she's an amazing person? Yeah. Like, first of all, thank you so much, Nicole, for coming on to the show. Conversations with N Squared. 
<laughs> like who would have thought but yeah i'm really happy about having nicole on um she's definitely one of those people who you'd never get tired of talking to her because she just she's she's just so she's so cool <laughs> i know i keep saying that but she really is um but she's also very inspiring and very informative and i was happy to have her on if you're like me and you're a note taker you probably took down some notes um the three things that i really took down was that a when you when you decide to build a brand on social media you have to be very intentional about it b know your audience and c keep taking risks because as much as she didn't as much as she when she started her spoken word she didn't really want to share it with people she still took the risk she still went on ahead and decided that she'd give it a shot so i think in life you have to be able to keep pushing yourself keep believing in yourself even when no one else believes in you even when you feel like you're not worth it you just have to keep you have to find that inner coach and i believe that we all have an inner coach in us someone who is able to push us and steer us forward so keep believing in yourself keep pushing yourself because you never know what might come out of it for example if if nicole had never shared her work if she'd never if she'd never take never taken that step we probably would not be hearing her her poetry now or seeing her model so just have fun with what you do enjoy what you do don't be afraid to take risks because risks may sometimes not pay off but at the end of the day you will sleep knowing that you did try and that's what we really all want we want to know that at least we tried so thank you so much nicole again i hope you had a, a good time listening to this i hope you picked up a couple of things and i'll catch you on the next conversations with n bye